Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. So there's a scene from this week, 40 years ago, on Market Street in San Francisco, glowing with candles. The march started at 17th and Castro Street, the heart of Harvey Milk's district. Imagine just a sea of mourners for a gay rights activist turned politician who's assassinated. Harvey's gone, but he will never be forgotten. San Francisco supervisor Harvey Milk was killed on November 27, 1978. But his legacy and movement has survived. Today, what Harvey Milk's message of hope means to San Francisco through the eyes of one man who watched, admired, and acted on that message. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. Grew up in South Dakota. I grew up on a farm, actually. I was always a town boy, though, so moved to town as soon as possible. Greg Carey is with the group Castro Community on Patrol here in San Francisco. The group started in 2006 after some assaults happened in the neighborhood. Can you just describe what you're wearing right now? So it, it's very much like a police uniform. This, this is our formal uniform. Uh-huh. It's called a silver tan shirt, which is the same color the Highway Patrol wears. We... we have developed this uniform for when we're speaking more formally. When we're on patrol, we are in bright orange reflector vests. Uh, We are on patrol most weekends, Fridays and Saturday nights, looking for different things that might be unsafe or people who need medical attention. Mm -hmm. So we've now been doing this for over 12 years and still have a good core of, of, of volunteers who do this as community service. Greg moved to the Bay Area in the early 1990s from South Dakota. He had to watch Harvey Milk, his activism, his political run, from a distance. Do you remember what age you were when you learned about Harvey Milk? Mm, I would have been 25, probably. 25, living in South Dakota. Yes. What did he mean to you at that time? He was a real inspiration. It was this spark of hope. Living in South Dakota, you start with this feeling of being the only person that's gay. And then you find out there are a few more people, but it's still a fairly small community. So it was really that equality and rights and the ability to do things normally would be something to believe in. 
What was it like following what Harvey Milk was doing from South Dakota? We had to follow all of this through The Advocate, which at that time was published every two weeks out of San Francisco. So everything was delayed a little bit, but we followed the whole story from Harvey's first run for office. I think in the future, any policeman who hassles anybody, gay, black, Chicano, or whatever, will think twice now. His election. What's happened in San Francisco is most of them, or a great percentage of them, have come out. Finally, the assassination and, and then the Dan White trial. Both Mayor Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk have been shot and killed. So that was all done remotely by uh, snail mail. And the, the Advocate is the LGBT publication. Yes, it was at that time published in San Francisco. It's moved a couple times since, but uh, yeah, it's LGBT. And it was really our only connection um, out to the rest of the world because there was very little coverage of LGBT on any regular media. Um, why do you think gay people should have uh, employment rights protections as outlined in the bill that you're going to present? I think that gay people ought to have the same rights and privileges for employment that anybody else has. So the Harvey Milk story especially gave us, um, and when I say us, we had put together a small LGBT support organization. In South at, Dakota. In South Dakota at the time. Yeah, it was called the, the Sioux Empire Gay and Lesbian Coalition. We had probably 20 members. But it gave us something that we could talk about and start to look at as inspiration. And so Harvey and his story was really encouragement and giving us some ideas of how to do things without having to self-invent them. The main thing Greg says he learned from San Francisco in the years that followed Harvey Milk's assassination was to move from being a very secret group of gay rights activists to working with allies. He says his group in South Dakota also made an effort to find reporters who would tell their stories. Greg says Harvey Milk and others in San Francisco taught his group to be visible. What I'm going to do is call upon the gay community to come out now. Keep the education going. Keep talking one-to-one. Talk to your relatives, your friends, your family, so that you can find out about gay people. When you moved from South Dakota to San Francisco, what did you... What did you hope San Francisco would give you? You know, it's interesting. When I moved from South Dakota, I retired from being a gay activist because it was so much work. So, so it, was a, it was a sense of relief yeah. and the ability to really be able to be myself in any way that I wanted to. What was the difference in experiences of, of having to be that activist in South Dakota and then coming to San Francisco and, and allowing yourself to be yourself? The biggest difference, and this is still true today, in South Dakota it's still legal to be fired for being gay. In fact, you can still be fired for being gay or transgender in 30 states in the U.S. But San Francisco has been a leader in protecting gay people from discrimination. In 1978, the city established discrimination protections in employment, housing, and public amenities like bathrooms and restaurants. The city inspired other California cities to pass similar ordinances over the next decade. So coming to California was a huge relief to, to know that I couldn't be fired just for who I was. Yeah. So when, in, when did you finally move to San Francisco permanently? We, we moved to California in 1991. We moved to San Francisco in 1992. So we, for the first year we lived in Sunnyvale. I've started reading about the Milk movie uh, probably around 2007. It was it was mentioned in some articles, 
And one of the articles mentioned that they needed people to be part of the the candlelight vigil scene that was going to be taking place on Market Street. I ask this, that if there be an assassination... When I got to the set where, where this was being shot, there were probably thousands of people that had showed up for that. I would want five, ten, a hundred, a thousand to rise. Looking across the hill on Market Street, you really got this feeling like it was the real thing. I ask, I ask the movement to continue, the movement to continue, the movement to grow. I suddenly realized that I had not been part of the original candlelight vigil um, after his death, and it gave me a chance to grieve in a way years later that was really helpful. Not about personal gain, not about ego, not about power. It's about giving those young people out there, now to the Pennsylvanians, hope. Gotta give them hope. When you think about Harvey Milk's legacy, when you think about what came after him, what do you think has changed because of what he did? When you're in an area where the most basic of rights are always challenged, you, you can become disheartened to the fact where you, you just don't feel like anything can be done to change that. You really need to know that it has happened somewhere else. And it also helps to know that the methods and, and the processes have been proven. And maybe you can't duplicate them, but you can certainly take pieces of them and make them work. So it, it has to do with, I think, with maintaining hope and keeping the forward perspective so that you keep making some progress. In San Francisco, gives other places permission. San Francisco as an image gives people permission. Other large areas have certainly been as innovative as, as California. But I think San Francisco is still that beacon. It's, it's yeah. still, we, we may not always be ahead of the events and all of the great ideas, but it's still that symbol. When you see on a news coverage, the marquee on the Castro Theater, that by itself, without even saying a word, already sets the mood. Greg Carey is a retired gay rights activist living in San Francisco, and he volunteers with Castro Community on Patrol. There have been a number of LGBT politicians who have won office since Harvey Milk was assassinated in 1978. These past midterm elections, a record number of LGBT candidates ran, more than 400. 400 running, 559 currently serving. This is a, a surge of candidates. Mm -hmm. uh, many of them reflect that broader wave of women, of, of candidates of, of color, of trans candidates. KQED presented a special program on the 40th anniversary of the assassinations of Harvey Milk and Mayor George Moscone. To find that special, check out the California Report magazine podcast wherever you find the bay. I'm Devin Kadiyama. 
You've been listening to The Bay. Talk to you Wednesday. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.